This episode is sponsored by the Joshua Way. If you guys are in South Carolina and looking to either A, buy a home, B, sell a home, or C, you know, you're not a homeowner, but you're looking for more information about the home, buying a home owning process, and you need a consultation, visit www.thejoshuawa.com and book a consultation with my guys over there at the Joshua Way. Um, they can help you out with credit if that's a problem, talk to you a little bit about budgeting, um, you know, everything that you need to understand and know about that home buying or home owning process, go ahead again, visit www.thejoshuaway.com. Aim for the stars, never stop at the sky. Anything that make you better, you should give it a try. If you really want to win, you got to give it a chance. I was lost way before I started taking a stance. Money all over the world, but it's all up to you. And everything that I learned, I'ma tell it to you. You have a gift, all you need is a goal. Footsteps waiting to happen, all you need is a road. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another edition of the Win Win Podcast, where I interview people that are winning in either business, finance, or self-development. And I want to interview them so they can come back and tell you guys how to win in those same three spaces. Today, I have a dope guest. I met this guy um, a few weeks ago, uh, but everything about him just was like, ooh, it was like we knew each other for a minute. So I'm going to let William introduce himself to y'all, and then we're going to hop into the interview. Welcome uh, to... The audience, thank you, Tim, for giving me the opportunity to speak to your audience today. Uh, my name is William Sturgeon, as the caption says right here. I'm a 25 year old single male living out in Long Beach, California. And Tim is going to be interviewing me today on the aspects of finance, insurance, and business. Which, before I get into my story, I'll let Tim, um, you know, start with some questions and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know kind of where I come from and all that. 25. Oh, we're about, we're about the same age. <laughs> You're 25 years old? You're 25? I'm 24. I'm about to be 25 this year. We need a lot more young entrepreneurs out here. We don't need to be waiting until we're 35, 40, 45 to figure it out. 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds, I was like, uh, this just really ain't working for me. Having to listen to other people's dreams, their values, their aspirations. I have my own goals and core values that since 18, I've been using them to my best of my advantages, at least. Man, oh my, 18? A lot of people say, oh, if I knew what I know now at 18, or oh, if I started when I was younger, I'd be so much further ahead. Well, we got to have a good interview today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not going to tell everybody like I was doing real estate and business coaching at the age of 18. No, it was like literally starting off with something small, self-employed business, like Postmating, Uber, Instacarts, where you are your own boss. You have to get yourself up every day and be able to motivate yourself. And then from there, once I got into college, I graduated in 2020, Tim. And as we all know, what happened in 2020? You say you graduated in 2020? Graduated in 2020, and that was when the pandemic happened. So I had this degree in my hands that I felt was meaningless at that point. So I'm not going to go looking for a nine to five job, but literally the next position I took was another self employed job, going door to door knocking, selling solar panels during the pandemic. So it's not like I had any sales experience, but again, I didn't want to go to that corporate world where I get stuck in somebody's and somebody else's dream. So even right. I was doing door-to-door knocking during the pandemic, but Tim, I didn't, I didn't make any sales. I didn't make a single sale doing that for six to seven months. And you probably can already understand why. 
because I live out in California. People were going through financial struggles. Right. Uh, I wasn't very good at my job because it was my first job sales and door to door knocking and being um, a business owner in, a, in that aspect. But um, I was out there just trying to make a sale. So clearly everybody was sending me off. And then that brought me to where I was today. Somebody just like yourself, Tim, how I met you, somebody on Facebook reached out to me asking if I kept my business options open. And how many times have you heard that before? How many times has somebody reached out to you asking you something like that? I've had plenty of time. I'm sure everybody, even the audience, can could say for themselves, there's somebody probably every day reaching out to us saying, hey, do you keep your business options open? But for some reason, that was the time after six to seven months of getting criticized at the door for what I was doing, a, a knob turned in my head that just said, listen right. to me. They talked about the areas of finance and insurance, and I'm like over here thinking, I got 20 bucks in my bank account. You want me to educate people about finance and insurance? Mm. But you know what? They, they kept it very simple. And that's what I want you guys to understand with entrepreneurship. Keep it simple for guys. Just tell them, hey, if it's a fit for you, great. We can move forward. But with 30 minutes of your time, be a real time waster for you. And seeing if this might be something that can change your trajectory. Guys, it's 30 minutes changed my entire life. That was last Ooh, year. Tall, tall. I'm coming on my year anniversary of being in this finance and insurance business, which, like I said, I'm not an employee. I'm a partner of the firm, so I have every advantage that a business owner has from 1099 to tax advantages, whatever you want to think about. For the last year, this is what I've been doing. And uh, I'll let Tim go into more questions, see uh, if we can break this down Ooh. for you a little bit. Oh, my God. So you said a lot. You said a lot, right? Start at 18. For one, I commend you for that because at 18, I wasn't. I honestly wasn't a hundred percent sure what I wanted to do. And I had a guest uh that I did the episode with before who was like in their five year plan, they did not anticipate everything that was here today. And mm -hmm. five years ago, even though I knew I wanted to be someone that was on the path to success, I couldn't have imagined again hosting my own podcast leaving a nine to five. Um, I'm not gonna say like a nine to five, just leaving a job because to me, that's all it was. Cause I wasn't fulfilled there. Mm -hmm. So leaving there, going into full-time entrepreneurship, I honestly did not see it happening as fast as it did. Um, I did have a goal, but I, I said at the beginning of 2021, it was like, cause I had to do a self-evaluation, right? And yeah, yeah. my goal was to be full-time, be a full-time entrepreneur by 25. And I was able to leave that job at 23 and then pursue this full-time entrepreneurship. So, man, when you say you have to be determined, you really do. Because, again, five years ago, I didn't see it. But this time last year is when I saw it and I had to make a plan. Here's, um, the, thing, uh, here's the thing that people don't recognize is that high school, that year age 18, it's a real – It could you can go one direction or you can go another. At that time, my – I'm a, I'm, I come from a single mom. Parents divorced at the age of 13, so I was just raised up by a single mom. And she told me, Will, you don't necessarily are telling me what you want to do with your life. You said you want to be a ball player, you want to be a rapper, you want to do all these other things, but there's nothing like a career set out. So I, I'm recommending you go to community college because and she recommended that, Tim, because my brother went to private college. And he's got $200,000 of student loans that are just Ooh. waiting to be paid off, and that's that's not something that's going to be paid off anytime soon. So I went to community college and I saved myself that that burden of having that mm -hmm. much student loans. I have $15,000 in student loans. It's not a big deal. 
something that's going to yep. be paid off because I'm an entrepreneur. That stuff gets taken care of. Just like that. <laughs> but it's like that age of 18, I wasn't this person that you're seeing before you today, Tim. I didn't even really right. even have a personality at that point because that's three years after my, five years after my parents had divorced. And I, as a lot of kids, I'm sure people in your audience can relate. We blamed ourselves for that kind of stuff. So for five years, mm -hmm. from age 13, 18, I was very insecure, put a lot of pressure on myself. Had terrible grades, but I still managed to graduate with a 3.0 because I made a decision sophomore year that I wasn't going to let all that stuff in the background right. hinder me. So when I got when I graduated 18, I accomplished something. 3.0. I, I felt good about myself. I was like, you know, I want to come into this next stage of my life as a different person. So like I said, five years ago, I made a decision. I'm going to go into a major called communications. And for the next five years of my life, I'm going to be in front of people, constantly publicly speaking, something that I, we all self-diagnose ourselves with this, Tim. It's called stage fright. I self-diagnosed yep. myself with that at age 17, 18 years old. I was the kid that didn't want to show up to class on presentation day because I didn't want to have to do my part. So I would just take yep. the I would take the zero or I would show up and I would give a half-assed effort. Oh, excuse me, man. I would give a half-assed effort. <laughs> I would give a, I wouldn't give my best effort at the end of the day. So age 18, guys, that's a decision point. What do you, it's not, you're not going to be aligned with what you want to do at that point. You got to make a decision that you're going to grow in, as a person. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to grow as a person. No, you got to start internally before everything else starts to transpire. So William, um, in that process, Cause I, it's crazy that you said you grew up in a single parent household because I did too. Um, and though the struggles that you face coming up in just a one parent household and the lack of exposure due to the lack of the lack of exposure you receive from just one parent versus having two is like minimum. So once you did go to college and you did get into like selling those solar panels, what did that feel like? Because I know you said you had that self-doubt, you had those insecurities. When you were knocking door to door, were those insecurities still there? Oh man, Tim, they didn't disappear. Uh, even when I started man. in finance and insurance, that, that was when my personal development journey really took off because I was still winging it at that point. I was like, I, I hope that this solar job is going to be the thing that Cause you know, you can make a lot of money. You know, you make one deal, you make $3,000. Like, Oh my gosh. That was all I was thinking about was the money, the money, the money. You know, if we're thinking about lack and how we don't have something, it's never going to come to you. It's always going to be just out of reach. You're always going to be just reaching for it. So I, didn't, I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people at that time. There were people that were very money motivated and not purpose motivated. So those insecurities weren't going anywhere because everybody was just focused solely on the currency. Rather so they were putting profits over passion or actually profits over purpose. Oh, yeah, because they were just telling me uh, with a person who had no experience, salesman, they were telling me, just go and knock doors. You're going to feel better if you just keep knocking them. That was their strategy. It wasn't like, here, let me take you into the field. We'll go hands on together. Let me show you how. I closed the deal. Let me show you what I do day to day. It was more like, hey, if you keep going out there, you're going to find somebody. And it's like, yeah, we found people. But how much how much adversity and uh, turmoil did I have to go through? Because it was a lot of mental fatigue. After six to seven mm -hmm. months, you don't make any money. And you're taking 
those hits every day from people at the doors? Because they were telling me, I'm calling the police on you. Your boy was here five minutes ago. I'm going to sick my dog or I'm going to get my shotgun. All sorts of things that they were telling me, Tim. So I I did that for six to seven months because California, they ain't very nice out here, especially when you go door to door knocking. They already get it. They get it all the time. They get the phone calls. They get some some guy coming to their door. They get telemarketers, all sorts of things that happen. So when I'm jumping up, even if I look like this, they didn't want anything to do with me. Wow. And I, I honestly didn't even think about like how, I mean, before I was, I was exposed to the insurance space, but once I was told it'd be door to door knocking, I said, no, sir. <laughs> because like you were saying, um, it's not the fact that I'm afraid to, you know, hear the no. At that time, I was actually afraid of rejection. But at the same time, like some of those things that you're saying, people threatening me, people wanting to do X, Y, Z, they curse you out and stuff like that, because it does, it does touch you. People say words that never hurt or words don't hurt, but they really do. Now you take them home at the end of the night. That's what I found out was happening to me a lot. And uh, I, I commend you for actually trying door to door knocking because my friend who got me into door to knocking, he, he also is African-American and that's, that's, it's worse for you guys out there. Me, it's yeah, fine. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I, you didn't I, do it. Told me, no, but yeah. I'll get the police called on you yeah. more often than not. And that's, that was the guy that was helping me go door to knock and training me. So it happened on to us on multiple occasions. But when I would go by myself, it wasn't something that ever happened. They would just have their attitude. But people right. like yourself, I commend you for even trying that because there's so much risk even doing it nowadays. Yeah, man, it's a it's a crazy world. Um, however, though, would you say that door to door knocking helped you mentally elevate, or do you feel once you got out of that toxic environment, you were actually able to reflect on yourself and then become a better you? It was it was the environment, but it was also I t- I tell people this: it was not the door to door opportunity or solar panels that didn't work. It was me. I wasn't I wasn't ready for that yet. I was forcing something. I'm reading a book right now, Tim, called uh, Power Versus Force. It's by David Hawkins. And it tells you whenever you're trying to whenever you right need whenever you need something, it's always gonna be like I was telling you before, just out of reach. But when you put yourself in the position of a purpose, of a calling, of a fulfillment, and you're out there just to provide value. All the money in the world is going to come to you. Mm. If that's what you're motivated by, just focus on the value and the education. And that's something I wasn't doing door to door knocking. I was still so small at the time. I just wanted the money. I wasn't caring if I was putting these people in a better situation with their electricity bill. Yeah, that was in the back of my mind, but it was never like that's the sole reason why I'm doing this. No, the sole reason was like, I need this money. Right, right. Even when I jumped into finance and insurance, those thoughts were still in my head at the beginning. So I know you have a question in here. What was the most challenging part of my journey? It was me at first because I wanted to do things my way still. And there's a system. Mm -hmm. This is this has been around for 12 years. People are successful. So it works. If you just get out of your own way. But that was something I didn't want to do at first. I wasn't there yet. But this company, we emphasize personal development, identity, self-image and growth, because you can't you can't make this large sum of money or get this size of money if you yourself are not that size yet. 
If you're still this big, there's no way you're going to get hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. You're still too small. Right. So when you talk about that personal development side, what would you say would be the first step of like becoming the first step of becoming who you really want to become or getting your heart right and your mind right to elevate from here, this small level to this huge, this huge component. It's crazy because uh, I was talking to my girl about this last night. It's a decision. It's the point Ooh. where you get too sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because I was sick and tired, obviously. That's why I changed job to job. And I was working with a life coach at the time who told me, Will, once I noticed you changed jobs again, I knew something was up. Because you were thinking it was the opportunity that wasn't working. And I wanted you to know that was it was you that wasn't going to work. You didn't want to elevate yourself. And it starts with a decision to, I'm going to talk more about this at the end, but it's a decision to control what's being put into here. Because everybody thinks this is just a brain, Tim. It's not a brain. It's called a supercomputer from where we come from. PHP, we talk about supercomputers up here. And you have the ability to turn the knob whenever you want to. You can put books like Captain Underpants in your head and you can expect Captain Underpants kind of results. But if you put but if you put Think and Grow Rich kind of books and thoughts yeah. into your head and you give your time your mind time to process that information, your results are automatically gonna change. So what are you putting in here every day? Is it nonsense? Is it stuff that's comfortable for you? Is it stuff that you just mm -hmm. enjoy doing? Because honestly, I wouldn't say I enjoy reading. I enjoy reading now, but at first it was a chore. Yeah, same. Listening to the right videos was a chore. Nowadays, I was listening to Earl Nightingale right before this, and that was fun. I had a lot of fun just listening to Earl Nightingale. Because he said, we become what we think about most of the time, Tim. So what I'm trying to tell the audience right now is that if you're thinking about how you don't got what you want in your life, how you're lacking certain areas, how you aren't that person that you, you want to become. If you're thinking about that most of the time, that is who you're going to become. But what I decided to do every day was, first of all, I read every day. I listen to something every morning and every night that's going to put the right thoughts, whether it's Jim Rohn, whether it's Earl Nightingale, whether it's Bob Proctor, whether it's Eric Thomas. Literally, Eric Thomas came to our company event three weeks ago. We got to see Eric oh, wow. Thomas close. So I listened. I thought that was surreal. Yeah, I, I listen to Eric Thomas all the time. And when we were talking about Mike Tyson earlier, he also came to one of our company events, came and spoke directly to us, gave us, gave us his mindset. So. When I'm telling you guys these things, it's not coming from a place where I'm just swinging. Now, these are people, people are telling me these things. I'm just going, I'm going with it. Running the play, basically. I'm running the play. That's it. Hey, what's going on, y'all? If you guys are looking for a speaker to come speak to your school, your organization, nonprofit, after school program, look no further. Visit developwithtim.com, D-E-V-E-L-O-P-W-I-T-H-T-I-M.com. Fill out the speaker's intake form and someone from the team will be in contact with you. Now, you guys have a good day. Back to the episode. I'm running the play because you have a choice, your decision. Do you want to keep the same results that you want? Then keep doing the same things you're doing every day. But if you want something to change, just start with one different thing. Start reading something different. 
Start listening to something different. What do you what do you listen to in the car, first of all, guys? Are you listening to I'm not trying to say this is anything bad. Are you listening to YG? Because I'm from I'm from Compton, I'm here. So I know like, uh, <laughs> YG. Or are you listening to NF? Are you listening to Beyonce? Are you listening to people that are actually putting empowering words in their music? Or are you listening to people that are trying to demean and put personal shots into their music? Because it makes hey, it you different. Know what? You know what? They say, like you're saying, really, it's really about the exposure. And what you, again, what you are around and what you're listening to is what you become. Um, you see me, right? I love hip-hop music. I'm not going to even lie to you. And I wouldn't even lie to anybody else. I like to be real and raw. But once I stopped listening to music as much, and I started listening to podcasts, and I started listening to motivational uh, speeches more so, and I started listening to audiobooks on the way when I was working, listening to audiobooks or podcasts on the way to work. Right now, if I'm just going to get some coffee from Dunkin' or something, I'm going to throw in like a podcast or something motivational because it, it makes me... It empowers me, like you say, for one. For two, it gives me more confidence. And if I'm listening to a podcast, knowing I'm about to be podcasting, then I'm able to flow better in a sense. I would say that's what attracted you into what you did today. So that's the law of attraction on a grand scale. It's like, that's how it works. And I got into the law of attraction back in was it 2018. It's a long relationship you got to have with the law of attraction before it starts giving you what you want. People are in this country, they're so fit on instant gratification, Tim. They're not willing to even do these things for a week, let alone one month, let alone one year. Man, I do, I do these things I'm talking about, especially what I'm going to at the end, every single day. I don't take a day off when it comes to reading, writing, and listening to the right people. Because here's a formula to success. Everybody thinks there's not, but there is a formula to success. And it goes like this. What we think becomes what we feel, becomes our actions, thus becomes our results. And once we get a result, there's going to be an action reaction. Depending on what your results are, something's going to react and bring more to you or less to you. So <laughs> what are you putting in here every morning? What's going Because it's going to start with what you're thinking and that's going to Go down the path of how you feel. Because you said, when I listen to podcasts, I feel better. That was what I caught. And it's because of what you're thinking when you're when you're getting those motivational words and inspiring words coming into your head. It puts you into a motivational, or not a motivational, a positive vibration. Yeah. That's it. That's the key. Everybody thinks it's something grand and grand scheme and so crazy. It's just what are you putting in there? What are you putting mm -hmm. in there? All right. So why do you feel people are so caught up on the instant gratification? I love being on it. It's everywhere. That's why that's why everybody's so caught up in it. Our parents were, were teaching us this. Our grandparents taught us this. And the reason why our grandparents and parents are taught this is because our jobs teach us instant gratification of a paycheck, of mm. having a paycheck at the end of every two weeks. Mm, mm -hmm. Our government teaches us about instant gratification by handing out stimulus checks and unemployment checks, instant gratification. Okay, I feel better now. But instead of having to work for that, that gratification, which is not immediate, which is delayed, people don't want to work for that. And it's because of how we've been nurtured and taught from very young age. And every day people go and they, they, they decide to watch TV. They don't think that that's going to have an effect on them. 
but they're teaching you everything on those those channels are teaching you how to feel that instant gratification whether it's oh i gotta go buy that basketball hoop for my son because his birthday is coming up oh i oh uh saint patrick's day is coming up let's get the guys together and let's go have a party they're right. only trying to teach you how to instant gratify yourself they're not teaching you how to delay gratification because they don't want you to know how powerful delayed gratification is they don't want you to know that secret if you are just able to be patient long enough to see what's gonna happen you would never want something instant ever again so okay okay you got me hyped over here man so <laughs> before you get into that think about like instant meals you put an instant meal in the microwave is that something that's better than a steak that you cook on the barbecue that's literally taking 30 40 minutes to nope. get right it's not going to be the same so think about instant gratification like that would you rather have a warm meal in two minutes or would you rather have a nice steak that's going to be beautifully cooked in the next 40 to 45 minutes so i already had a steak i'm gonna i already had a steak but <laughs> even the burger i'm not about to put a burger in the microwave that's raw and try and cook it that way i'm putting it on the burner and i'm gonna flip it a few times make sure it's crisp on both sides think about instant gratification like that guys <laughs> that's how it works in every single area if you think about so, it like that so okay now i'm like i told some of my other guests i have a i have an avatar my avatar, his name is Sammy, and Sammy, he's like, he, he's almost where he wants to be, but he's not fully there yet. Um, and Sammy is a person that's learning patience because he's kind of procrastinated, right? Mm -hmm. What would you tell Sammy about, like, or what, what type of tip would you give Sammy to understand the process of delayed gratification? And instead of wanting things right now, like, wait, what type of, I guess, what would be the best advice for him? I give, give you another metaphor, Tim. It's kind of like Santa Claus. You're carrying this big sack behind you of your dreams and your goals and your aspirations. It's a big thing. You're going to have to carry a lot of weight with you, right, Sammy? It's going to take a little bit of time for these dreams, goals, and aspirations you got to get to that point. You're going to have to deliver it to everybody else in the world. Mm -hmm. we return back. You got big dreams. It's going to be a big sack. But if you got small dreams like, oh, I want to make $10,000 in a month, Okay, you, you can get that in you can get that in a year. But if you want to wait, okay. you got big dreams and goals, that's gonna be a big bag. I like to tell people I want I got big dreams, so it's not gonna happen in a day. I'm carrying a I lot like, of my back. I like the analogy you use um, because it reminded me of something. I heard people say the reason the thing that stops people from getting to a million dollars in a year is five hundred thousand. Like they get halfway there and then they'll get complacent because they, they feel that instant type thing feels too good i think i didn't even think i was going to reach this point what we right. guys is that five hundred thousand is not even a lot you guys understand what happened the last two years inflation went up seven percent and it's still continuing to go up that five hundred thousand is more like two hundred thousand right now if we're being quite honest with all of you guys here in the audience five hundred thousand is wow. not the same as what it was a few years ago a million dollars is not the same as it was a few years ago you're going to need to put more value into the marketplace before the marketplace ever gives you back your return. Same thing as the stock market. You're not going to get the same returns if you put 20 cents in as you put $50 in. Put more value into the marketplace and watch what happens. Man, this is mind-blowing. 
Like the way you're breaking things down, it's like I know this stuff, but just hearing it again is just like it's metaphor. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what makes sense to people. And this is how I describe life insurance, this is how I describe retirement to people. Retirement is like having a house. Are you gonna build a house with just a roof or without the foundation, or are you gonna build the foundation and the roof? You got to build the foundation and the roof. Okay, so let's start with what would you like to start with first, Tim? Oh, the foundation. Okay, let's get some life insurance in place and build your foundation. But are we going to stop at that? Are we going to stop at that? Are we just going to have no roof on your house? Before you, before you go into life insurance or before we go to the roof, you said life insurance is the foundation. What does life insurance provide to people? Life insurance guarantees that your family never has to go through the barbecues, the swimming pools, the, uh, the car washes, the GoFundMes. Life insurance is not just for when you die, people. Life insurance is meant for you while you're still living. Mm. Life insurance, if you were to ever to get sick, ill, injured, you know we're not all going to be healthy forever, right? You know you can use that money that's in your life insurance policy if you get sick or ill or injured while you're still alive. And on top of that, your life insurance policy can also serve as a pension plan. So when you reach retirement... You have guaranteed income that is not only penalty-free, but is also tax-free income. Are taxes going up or are they going down? They're going up. So if we're going to build a solid foundation, we, wouldn't we want to build it on some tax-free income that's not going to go away? That's right. So that's how we start the foundation. The roof is protecting what? That money. Because everybody needs that money for when they reach retirement. So you can't just have the foundation protect this. If you're not protecting that life asset that you're going to need for the rest of your life. So, okay. Which, uh, I mean, we're not telling people what life insurance to get right now, but which one would you recommend like to be able to do all of those things? Recommend to do what exactly, Tim? So you're saying that with life insurance, it's your foundation. Um, you can have it where if you get sick, you can use some of the money. You can have it where it can also serve as like a pension plan in a sense. Which life insurance um, or which, I guess, titles would be the name of those? So life insurance is, is always changing, Tim. It's, it's always evolving to, to make sense. 30, 40 years ago, right. I was telling you didn't even exist. Right now, make sure that it has all three components to it. If you pass away, you get a large sum of money that goes inherited to your family. If you get sick, you want to have money in place, of, whether it's cancer, stroke, heart attack, or any of the other million riders there are to this. You want to make sure you got money to protect that because you don't want to have to go doing the bar barbecues and the car washes. And then that last component, the cash value component. You want to have a policy that whenever you're putting money in every month, not only is it guaranteeing you that you're can have money if you pass away, but it's also building interest every year. No matter what, if you're sitting down with your life insurance professional, you want to make sure it has those three components to it. Because if you're still investing in this old life insurance that says buy term and invest the difference, you're going to lose. I'm sure you've heard of it before, Tim. Buy term, invest the difference. Have you heard of it? Don't judge me, man. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard of it, and honestly, see, I was exposed to term before I was exposed to term, um, the permanent. So I'm not gonna lie, I did get term. Um, however, I am like going to get uh, permanent life insurance too. 
I just have to now find a different advisor in the same. Uh, just to like really diversify it. Here's the thing about permanent life insurance. Probably when you were reached out about it, it was probably called whole life insurance. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. Because so, I, mean, I, I realized it was categories. Because um, at first it was just called whole life. And then I looked more into it and I realized it's just really term or permanent. And then whole life is like up under it in a sense. Yeah. So they, my had, knowledge. They, had a, they had a method called whole life a few years ago. And that was just like any 401k, just like any IRA, Roth IRA. It was attached to the stock market. Obviously, people can get a lot of money if it goes up, but what happens when this stock market goes down? You lose money. You lose a ton of money. So what life insurance has done in the last 20 to 30 years is they've upgraded it so that this client's money is guaranteed protected. It's no longer attached to the stock market. It's just following it. So when the, life, when the stock market goes up, this account gets credited 6 to 12% interest. When it goes down, it flatlines until it decides to go back up again. That's called indexed universal life. That is the new form of life insurance that guarantees people never lose their money. I'm here to insure people's money. I'm not here to invest your money. So that's called IUL, right? It's called an IUL. All right. So, okay. I got a little knowledge. I heard, I heard of that before. I got yeah. a little knowledge. Yeah. And it's what real estate investors are using to flip their deals, put money back into the policy, grow interest, take the money back out, flip it into another deal. That's literally what real estate investors are doing, and it's called the infinite banking strategy. Now, is it true that only like a certain, like not every insurance agent has access to the IULs? Is that true? As long as you have a life producer's license, you have access to the IULs. But if you have a series okay. or a securities license, you're more in the whole life and variable account community. But if you have a life insurance license, that's where the index universal lives come from. I don't teach anybody about accounts that you can lose money. I only teach you about accounts that can guarantee you never lose money. And you're also going to get that upside potential. Does that sound good to everybody? That sounds good to me. I'm not the, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> um, but I got another question for you, though. I hear a lot of people, um, especially in like my culture, as a, like, again, African-American male, like my African-American culture is just kind of ignorant to some things, right? And I hear them complaining about life insurance. How how complex is it to get life insurance? It's about as easy as it is to get car insurance. And you know everybody has car insurance, right? Yeah, you got to have car insurance to drive a car. Everybody's got car insurance. So if somebody could get car insurance, they can just as easily get life insurance. And it's better if you get it while you're younger because, like I said before, Tim, we're not going to be as healthy at 34 or 25 years old as I'm going to be when I'm 55 and 60 years old. And at that point, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be way too expensive for you. So this is why that community is complaining so much about it is because they've waited too long. And now it's seen as like, oh, they're just trying to scam me or rip me off. When really, we just were not educated about this at 25 like I was. Somebody had right. to jump into my Facebook DMs for me to find out about this. I was in an unprivy community. Grew up in a low-income neighborhood. I wasn't supposed to find out about this information. While it looks like it, I never was supposed to. Somebody jumped into my DMs on Facebook. So if somebody's trying to reach out to you in regards to life insurance, they have honor on their side. They're not doing it because they uh, want to put you in a bad or worse position. They are doing it because they're sick and tired of seeing everybody go through these GoFundMes. I see them all the time, Tim. 
And did you know this about GoFundMe? They take 50% of your money. Yeah. 50% of your money. If you make $100,000, GoFundMe's taking 50K of that. So really, you only got 50K to bury Nancy and John. Like they take 50 for, wow. 50%. They don't care. But when we do life insurance, if you pass away, it's all yours. No probate, no court cases, no, it's like a will. You just get it. It's your will and testament. You're going to guarantee that money is yours if that loved one passes away and you need to replace that asset because a loved one is an asset at the end of the day. When they so, pass away, especially if they're working, it's going to cost that family everything. Right. So I, I hear this saying, right? You know, we'll talk to people and stuff and they'll say, well, I'm not going to save money. I'm going to spend my money because I can't take it with me. How does that make you feel when you hear those type of statements? Well, if you can't take it with you, why aren't you putting it into an index universal life where it can grow interest so that your family can literally disperse that money once you pass away? If you can't take it with you, why aren't you doing anything with it? See, and that's what I've been trying to, you know, really bring to the attention of people because, in my opinion, that's a that's a broke mentality. And when I say a broke mentality, I mean like financially broke, mentally broke, and like culturally broke. Because I I call those people the lifeless at that point. They really have. There's no more life coming out of that body. If you're really going to say at this point that it's, I can't take my money with me, then it those people that are your loved ones really don't matter and i'm not using that as a guilt trip at this point what's coming out of your mouth is saying everything i don't have to interpret it any other way it's up to you like i was talking about earlier it's a decision you got to make yes you're not gonna be able to take this money with you but do they matter okay and, that, and then again it, like you said it's not the guilt trip but it's like it's guaranteed that everyone has time, right? Here's the thing: why not? They don't. They don't, see, they don't see what happens when they pass away. Because here's the thing: we don't just insure people off of just a random number, Tim. We insure people off of a very calculated and specific number for every single person. It has to do with how much debt you have, what kind of income are you bringing in, what's the mortgage if you have any existing mortgage that needs to be paid off. And are there kids that need to go to college? Are there kids that need education or trade school? So we we calculate this all out for those people. And if there's somebody who's got $50,000 in debt, $500,000 mortgage, and they pass away tomorrow and that spouse can't pay any of that, it goes right to them. It goes right to those people. It's like, you don't have anything in place like a life insurance policy that can literally pay that stuff off for them right away. Obviously, they don't get you back but they get to keep the life they had. That's what life insurance is about. You really want them to have to go through it worse without you? Is that really worth it? How does it make you feel when you picture that in your mind? Because they're going to go through it worse. And again, it's not a guilt trip. That is just the reality of what happens as soon as the main income breadwinner passes away. That's it. Oh, so that, that is sparked another thing in my mind don't you feel if more people especially from like the lower income communities if more of them invested in life insurance that could impact and like closing up the wealth gap because like you're saying these people from lower income they barely have anything as is 
and then if the breadwinner passes away, then they actually lose the rest. Versus having again, if you started up maybe like eighteen, nineteen with life insurance, and you get at that cheaper rate, and you put money in, put money in, then once you know that time comes, everything is left back from to the family. Even if you left this world with only a thousand in your savings account, but you had a five hundred million dollar policy, five hundred thousand or million dollar policy, then your family's getting all of that tax free. Exactly. Wow. I could actually, when we get off or we go on to a call another time, I'll actually show you how the numbers break down. I put $150 a month into my life insurance, and here's the reason why. I had the option to put in 30 or 40 because I have a very healthy body at this time. I was able to do it for 30 or 40 for the same policy that my mom is having to do for $300 a month at the age of 59. But I put 150 in because everything on top of that, is going into my cash value and it's growing that interest more and a little bit more quickly because mm -hmm. I decided this is an investment that's going to guarantee me returns if it goes up and it's going to guarantee me I don't lose. There's nothing else in the world that can do that for me. I go to the stock market, I'm going to lose. I go into real estate, I'm going to lose. But if I invest in life insurance, I can guarantee I'm never going to lose. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I appreciate everyone for tuning into the episode. If you guys are looking for different ways you can support the podcast, visit us on Patreon. It's Next Gen CEO, N X T G E N C E O. The link will be in the description for this episode. But again, anything you guys can do to, um, you know, support the podcast is very much appreciated. Uh, with the Patreon, there are a couple different tiers, so each one of them come with their own benefits. But again, go visit us on Patreon. Next Gen CEO, NXT, GEN CEO. And again, appreciate you guys. Have a good one. And I get to save money on taxes, whereas in real estate and in stocks, you got to pay taxes. Unless you're structuring it properly. Man, my mind's blown right now. <laughs> because this is. This is like a, a secret weapon in the, in my opinion, you know, like, like you said, you weren't supposed to get exposed to this. Honestly, I, I wasn't supposed to get exposed to this either. And I was, I started my investment at my IRA. I started that when I was 18, right when I graduated high school. Cause I, I took, I wanted to take a class to understand and learn more about, um, you know, finances and stuff. So to hear you out here saying all of this stuff is really like confirmation that we don't necessarily have to break our backs to leave behind us a strong legacy. Mm -hmm. No. And how many people do you know that have 401ks and IRAs and Roths just sitting around right now? Because the pandemic happened every 55 million people lost their job, Tim. That's the number that we got last year. That's a million people a week. How many of those people do you think have 401ks, IRAs and Roths just lying around and they have no idea what to do with them? Some people I feel have them. I feel like a few, I feel like a, I feel like half of them will have them. Other half of them probably took their money out. That's why I say a third have them. A third took their money out, and another third didn't get them at all. I would say most of them took their money out, took the penalty hit, took the thirty percent tax hit. They took all those hits when what they could have done was rolled that money over into annuity, protect that money because it's not attached, not attached to the stock market, grow that interest, and then on an annuity guarantee themselves lifetime income. Even if that money and the annuity were to run out 
these insurance companies have a have a compliance in their contract that they're going to guarantee you if you use this rider lifetime income whether it's 5000 a month 6000 a month whatever your policy gives you even if that policy runs out of money that they're trying to give you the insurance company will back it up lifetime income Man, it's a cheat code. <laughs> These are cheat codes. And this is what the wealthy have been doing for hundreds of thousands of years. Annuities, you've probably heard me say it a couple times, have been around since the Roman Empire, Tim. They have not been around just for a couple of years or so, and people are just figuring this thing out. That's usually, that was actually how they paid out the Roman soldiers, their pensions. And obviously, they were only living to the age of 30 years old. We're living to the age of 87. Right. And we're getting older and older and older. We retire at 65 to 70. Where is that money coming from? It's not coming from pensions. It's not coming from Social Security. And it's damn sure not coming from a 401k because that money's going to lose more than it actually gets you over the course of the lifetime. Did you know that the 401k was originally, was originally created to save business owners on their tax revenue? Did you know that, Tim? I believe it because um, with the pensions and stuff like that, it, it really eliminate like a lot of the stress from the businesses and now you're putting it into the hands of the people to invest themselves basically and the thing about that too is the more people that have to invest themselves think about how many people aren't knowledgeable about investing so they're not going to do it and in turn they have to work once they turn 65 they still have to work all the way up until until they pass, pass away and to me that's that's sad because I don't want to work my entire life and not have anything to show for it at all, you know? Exactly. And that's what we're trying to bring back. That's why somebody who's 25 years old is so passionate about this stuff. Cause I know in 30 years, this country's going to look different because it's not, I'm not the only 25 year old, Tim. I'm not the only 19 year old that's doing this. Literally birds of the same feather flock together. So if I'm a 25 year old, a lot more 25 year olds and 20 year olds are going to attract to this business just because they think they can do it too. And they can, you don't have to be a certain person or a certain age bracket to do this. You just got to have the right mindset. It all comes back to that. Who are you? Do you still see yourself as the person who's broke person who doesn't have the skills and the talents? If you change that story, then maybe those two things will change. But you got to change the story first. The story you're telling yourself up in your head is a complete lie. It's what your parents were telling you. It's what your grandparents were telling them. And it's what the government tells us on an everyday basis. It's the same story. And it's meant to control you. Wow. Man, well, this this is a lot of game, right? <laughs> I told you, I was prepared today. I, I made sure that I, I had some uh, value. Hey, listen, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, so I got another question for you, though, man. Um, let's say, you know, let's say Sammy was out here interested in getting into the life insurance space. Or not even Sammy, like anyone in the audience that, that is listening right now. Let's say they wanted to become life insurance agents because they hear your passion and they feel, like you said, they feel they can do it and they know they can. Know what would be the first step or what would be the first step of getting in or how, how could they get in there? Honestly, I don't like to put anybody in who doesn't know the information yet and knows that this is the right fit for them. So I always sit down in front of somebody for 20 to 30 minutes, Tim. I break down exactly what I got broken down when I first got started. If it's something that makes sense for you guys, perfect. We go forward with it. Regardless, I always make connections and I give value in these presentations. So regardless, 
you're going to have information that's going to be able to defend you out in the public financially. So really, it's a 20 to 30 minute presentation. Me and you together, we talk it out. And if it makes sense, wherever part of the globe, not globe, wherever part of the U.S. you're at right now, we make it work. I've got teams out in Texas, Ohio, Virginia, Connecticut, Maryland, New York, Florida, Nevada, and California. We're still building everywhere. Oh, wow. That's huge. So, yeah, we're lo- the company's located in all 50 states, including Puerto Rico and Guam. So it really doesn't matter where you're located. I'm doing this from the love, love and comfort of my home. That's it. If you've got the grit, you got the desire, you don't want to work for somebody anymore, this is it. I get up my guy will. <laughs> it, really doesn't, it really doesn't get better than this because not only are you going to make a ton of money in the money industry because we are in financial services, but you're going to become a really dramatically different person. Tim, I wasn't right. the same person a year ago. I couldn't I speak to this. I really couldn't. I was more insecure. I wouldn't even have tried to reach out in regards to that invitation. But you know what happened? I grew in size, you guys. I grew in size. And that's what made me want to reach out because I knew I had something to bring to this podcast. I knew it. Listen, man, you brought a lot. You definitely brought a lot. <laughs> and we still not even finished yet. <laughs> yeah, ask away. I told you, expand on the portfolio if you need to. Oh, yeah. So y'all, y'all, y'all hear it from him. You know, you want to get into that space. Uh, hit my guy up, William Sturgeon on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, William, so... Yeah, before you, Again, before you know, it, it's really it's also simple, you guys. It's not something that's like in real estate or mortgage loaning where it, it's a long, drawn out process. This is probably one of the easiest licenses for people to get. And that's why not many people know about it, because anybody hears life insurance. They're like, oh, it doesn't sound too exciting. But it's in fact, you can get this license in two to three weeks. That's it. And you can start making money off of it. Mm. That's how yeah, easy it is. All y'all who need it, hey, y'all, again, hit them up. Now, William, again, being an entrepreneur, man, you already mentioned your challenges, how you got into the space. Now, what was the biggest loss or the biggest lesson you learned in your entrepreneurial journey? Or not even that journey, like throughout life. Since we're on the topic of entrepreneurship, I'll, I'll continue on that. That it's always coming yeah, yeah. down to my identity and me as a person. If that makes sense. The biggest loss is that the results that I was receiving was not because of the business or other people's limitations that I was trying to put on them or the team's limitations by any chance. Like, oh, it's because this person doesn't want to do this or this person doesn't want to do that. It was because of my limitations. And it took me 25 years to realize that I was the one putting limitations on myself. And it wasn't the opportunity. It wasn't the people around me. It was will. Oh, that's spicy, man, because I hear that comment, like, a lot of people say they're the ones holding themselves back. And, again, you look at all your previous jobs, you look at all your previous relationships and stuff like that, what's the common denominator? Typically you, right? (laughs) So, man, if you hold yourself accountable and just to, you know, pick your pants up and say, you know what, it was me in the past. It was me at this last job. It was me here and there. You know what? I'm about to change. I definitely commend you on that, man. Cause that, that takes, honestly, that takes guts and that takes a whole lot of truth and 
being real with yourself. Yeah, no, not many 25 and under people are willing to go through that ego, that e that stripping yourself of that ego. But I promise you guys, it's got a lot of uh, major benefits to it because you're not having to force things anymore because you're attracting the right people that are always meant to be in your life. That's how this book, Power oh. of Force, is teaching me, Tim. So if any of your audience has any ambition to read books, that's a great book to start off with. It's a great book. It's very complex and technical, but take it slow. This is a book that's going to change your mentality more so than it's going to change what like your day-to-day -day activities. It's going to change the mentality of how you do things. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to take that book out myself because I didn't hear about it until you just mentioned it. Yeah. Or so you mentioned it earlier. Now, again, because we're getting closer, wrapping up at this point, what I mean, you already said the best way to reach you would be on Facebook. But let's say someone was looking to purchase life insurance from you or something like that. Could they still reach out to you on Facebook? Or do you have like a website or something? Yeah, I have a website. We're still working on it. But honestly, people reach out to me personally. So I can drop my contact information, my phone number, my email to anybody who wants to reach out to me directly. I don't have multiple phones. I got one phone, guys. I don't want <laughs> trying to figure it out. If you want to reach me and talk about these things and see if it's something that's for you, great. I don't charge people to have a consultation with me. It's free. Mm -hmm. It's about value and education because the more information this gets out to, the more exciting it gets, the more people that are going to flood naturally to it. That's how you guys need to start treating things. Stop treating things like it's a paycheck. Treat things like it's got longer-term value out of it. Because it actually does, you know, it's again, don't look at just the instant gratification. No, look at it, take the delayed gratification again. You got to think about it. We went through high school, so it took us 12 years to graduate, and we felt that that, that was delayed gratification each year. Mm -hmm. If you go to trade school, if you go to college or whatever, then that's delayed gratification as well, too. And that's right where I actually learned it at because I was ready to give up in college, I was ready to quit. Yeah. And I had a, a professor, or actually he was my advisor, and he became a professor, but he was like, hey, Tim, he was like, you got to understand, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. You you know what it is that you're going for, and you know at the end of these four years, you're going to have what you wanted out of this. Just stay focused. Take your time. Slow down some, and just start being hard on yourself. So I'm going to give that same advice to everybody. There's some people that take 45, 50 years. For those people that are 20 years old in the audience, do it today. There's some people that wait 30 more years from where you're at right now to figure this thing out. The sooner you figure it out, the less regrets you're going to have with your, with your life. I like that. I like that. Now, my last question for you today, William. And we're about okay. to, and I think we got to do a part two because, man, this, this is just like so much game. Yeah, <laughs> no, I got but, more. This is stuff I teach. <laughs> this is not even stuff that I just teach clients and other people that are interested. This is stuff that my team is getting nurtured and exposure to every day. We have these conversations all the time. Yeah, we're in the finance game, but rarely do we ever talk about life insurance and annuities. We're talking about this first because nothing else happens without that. Thanks. That's facts. So I hope, I hope I didn't steal what you're about to say or what you could say for this next question. No. I would like for you to give my audience some advice on how they could win, whether that is in business, finance, self-development, any way they can win, whether that's a quote, um, a quote that you like, or anything. 
It's a powerful advice you're saying, right? Yeah, so, something that they can take back and either build off, like something they can take back that they can use to win, whether they build up off of it or they hear this quote, they could take that same quote and live by it. Okay, my, I know what you're saying. So I had something prepared for this. So it's uh, focus, <laughs> focus at growing the size of you first and then observe how the size of your life grows. It goes back to what I was talking about earlier, Tim. What are you reading every day? What are you listening to every day? Morning and night, because that's the most powerful times you can listen to something. Who's in your ear? If the person that's in your ear is not in a place that you want to be, take a little time away from that then. Give it to people that are in, that can be in your ear that are in a position that you want to be or you see yourself as. That's why I say, who are you listening to and, and watching every day? Because those same people could be your associations. Your association doesn't have to be somebody who's directly next to you. My associations are Bob Proctor. My associations are Earl Nightingale. My associations are Patrick Bedavid, my CEO, because he's got a YouTube channel. I My associations are not the people that I used to hang out with in high school. I don't hang out with them anymore. All right. So, And then the last thing that's really most important than all the rest of the things that I've mentioned today is what are you writing every day? Mm. What are you writing every day? You're probably wondering what this is, Tim. This is a goal card. Everybody's going to be blown away by this right now because have any of you ever written a goal card before? And I'm just going to role play with Tim right now. Have you written a goal card before, Tim? A goal card? Have you thought about writing a goal card now before? What what does that consist of so I can be so I can give you an honest answer? Honestly, a goal card is just the direction you're going so that you always know where you're going. Most people will say, I have no idea what you're talking about, Will, a goal card, a direction in my life. So I have, all right, before you even show me yours, I'm going to show you what I have because I got my phone right here. I'm like, Will, y'all have, I have two phones. He, he's trying to stun on me. <laughs> uh, but give me one second. I'm going to pull, pull mine up. And You said it's on your phone, too. I'll say Yes, I didn't write it down physically because no excuses. I just didn't write it down physically. But yes. I do have like my self evaluation and they put like where I see myself at the end of 2021 last year, um, by, by the age of 25. And uh, what you're doing. That's so that's good stuff. Your brain is at least processing. Yeah. And, but just and imagine. one more thing. Yeah, go for one, it. Thing, one more thing. I also have an accountability partner where we meet up once a week. Um, we have a shared Google Drive, and I put my goals in for the week. She'll put her goals in for the week. Like, so we'll talk on Sundays. We'll both put our goals in. And then um, on, like, Wednesday, we'll touch base. And then also, too, along with a side of putting our goals in, we'll put when do we want these particular goals to be done. So, mm -hmm. okay, I want to have, for example, um, let's say I wanted to do – I wanted to get five new guests for my podcast. I put – find five new guests for my podcast by Thursday. And if I don't have it done by Thursday, then she's going to be like, well, Tim, what have you been doing to get these five guests? If I actually been trying, then it's understood. But if I haven't been trying, then I have to answer to her, you know? So, yeah. So you're already doing a lot of the great things. And this is what my life coach taught me because I was doing all those same things. I was doing it all virtually, Tim. And she taught me, write it down every day. Write it down every day. Write it down every day. Describe it in the present tense. 
in the most descriptive format that you can. I know this go kart is small, but I write it in my notebook as well. This is just what I carry around with me, and I look at okay. it anytime I get the chance because it gives me more. I autom I automatically go in the right vibration. I know it because I've done this a long time. I know automatically the more times I read this, I move into the right vibration. She taught me when you're transferring the energy from your hand, your brain to your hand, into that piece of paper, that's when it manifests into reality. But if we keep mm. just transmitting it onto the computer, it doesn't know how to get it out of it. It's stuck in here. Oh, that's ooh, I like that. I like that. It's not stuck when it's on a piece of paper. You used your physical hand, your brain transmitted it from your hand to, or from your brain to your palm, and you did it with your own, you actually had to write it out and it automatically put a stamp in your subconscious mind. I do it every single day. It brings me that much closer to my goal. Cause there's people that'll be like, oh, I'll write it once a year. I'll write it once a month. I'll write it once a week. But the real difference between the people that are in the 5% of the people that make the most income in the world, they write the goal down every single day. No excuses. Every single day. I read, I listen, I get in the right people's ears, and I'm writing my goal down. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it from my guy, William. Write those goals down, manifest it, and make sure you go out there and execute. Again, he talked about how to win in finance, retirement, and self-development. So y'all make sure Got to tap in with my guy. Um, if you guys would like to see any other guests, do not hesitate to let me know who those guests are or you're just sitting on my way. You know, we appreciate everyone. We welcome everyone just like they're my own, like my own brother or my best friend and stuff like that. So, will you have any closing remarks you'd like to say or was that good enough for you? I mean, that was honestly it. Thank you, Tim, for having me on the podcast today. I hope I was able to bring value to some of the audience back home, wherever you guys are located. Um, Really, it's a like I said at the beginning. It comes down to the decision. You got to you got to be able to make that decision because your body's going to know it once you make that decision. And we teach our guys this all the time because you have to invest in yourself to start with the company. You got to get a license. We have virtual backgrounds and data that are make it easy on you. But if you are not the one who's doing it and paying the price, you're never going to value it. So we want you to start turning that knob on your head. Turn the knob from an employee mindset to an investor mindset, to a business owner mindset. Because those are the ones that pay the price every day. That's all I got. All right, y'all. Go out there and win. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I know you guys have been watching the news, and I know that you see that there's a huge bus driver shortage here in America. Now, my friends at Circular Keys Academy has a solution to the problem. They're going to teach you step-by-step step how you can create your own child transportation company and be a solution to your community. Visit them at www.circleofkeys.com. Now back to the episode. You, you have a gift, all you need is a goal. Footsteps waiting to happen, all you need is a road.